In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. A coalition of environmental groups is making a new effort to prevent the reopening of the Palisades nuclear power plant. The group has written to the U.S. Department of Energy to ask that it do a thorough review of the reopening plan to determine if it complies with the National Environmental Policy Act. Kevin Camps with Beyond Nuclear tells us this is as Palisades owner Holtec waits for a Department of Energy loan worth about a billion dollars to reopen. Unfortunately, Holtec has lined up some bailouts from the state, $150 million. And the really big bailout would be this billion-dollar loan guarantee from the U.S. Department of Energy. This is all taxpayer money. Camp says it's been nearly 20 years since the last environmental impact study of Palisades. Given the major nature of this federal proposal to give a billion dollars of taxpayer money to Palisades for an unprecedented restart from permanent closure, they really need to look at the environmental impacts and the safety impacts of what is going on at Palisades. Camp says any consideration of a $1 billion loan to reopen the plant in Van Buren County should include due diligence. He says Holtec has indicated it needs an answer on that loan by Halloween, something Camps thinks is appropriate given that he calls Palisades a zombie reactor. A new effort has started to spur development in the area of Benton Harbor known as the Empire Corridor. Benton Harbor Community Development Corporation Director Ashley Hines tells us this is the area around Empire and Broadway. It historically was a thriving commercial district years ago, and right now we only see one existing store, which is a liquor store in that area. A look at the area shows several commercial spaces that are empty. Hines tells us it used to be a neighborhood where you could walk to get just about anything you might need. The new Transformation Beyond Imagination effort is bringing residents and stakeholders together to talk about ways the area could be revitalized. Obviously, we know that housing is a big issue. There's a lot of blighted property there, but there's also a lot of opportunity for development. So we see a lot of vacant lots in that neighborhood. And so just having more conversations about how they can be developed. Hines says they're also going to talk with the owners of commercial spaces to look for ways they could go back into use. The group is going to hold listening sessions and workshops throughout the next six to eight months to develop a strategy. It's also working with the city commission. The effort kicked off Thursday with a listening session at the African American History and Literature Gallery on Broadway. We have a link to more information on our website, wsjm.com. Two people have tested positive for West Nile virus in West Michigan. Both cases are in Ottawa County. The Ottawa County Department of Health says both are hospitalized. Neither of the individuals have traveled recently, so it is believed that they contracted the illness from mosquitoes in that area. Berrien County Health Officer Guy Miller tells us some people get West Nile virus and never even know it. However, it can be a major problem for others. If you do get bitten in 3 to 14 days, you're experiencing some sort of a symptom from that bite. It would be something like headaches, body aches, joint pain, and fatigue. Now, about 1 in 150 infected people can develop a serious case, and it gets serious when it leads to encephalitis or meningitis. Although that's very rare, if those type of symptoms aren't treated, it can be fatal. Miller says the best way to avoid West Nile virus is to avoid mosquito bites. That means using insect repellent, wearing long sleeves and pants. He notes this is the time of year when health officials would expect to see West Nile virus before the first freeze. Miller recommends removing standing water on your property and staying inside around dusk and dawn. The gulls are gone, the post office is closed, now local leaders are wondering what's next for the Orchards Mall in Benton Township. After the U.S. Post Office announced an at-least-temporary closure of the location in the mall, just one tenant remains. 
Mall owners say they're frustrated that they can't strike a deal to convert the property into something other than what it is. Local leaders say they're tired of the lack of action and delinquent taxes. Speaking on Thursday's WSJM Morning Show, Berrien County Commissioner Shokwe Pitchford said there are resources available to develop the area, but only when players come to the table or new players get involved. Whether it's this owner, another owner, whatever ends up happening here, we are going to see progress at that location. I just, I want the community to know that we hear them and we see that we have to also keep in mind that people are kind of tired of what is happening there right now. Earlier this month, the Marion County Treasurer notified mall owners that they must pay their delinquent property taxes at least through the year 2021 to avoid foreclosure. Set for today at the Berrien County Health Department's conference room on Napier Avenue in Benton Harbor is the Berrien County Veterans Stand Down. Berrien County Veterans Service Director Maureen Adams tells us Veterans Stand Down started about a decade ago and connects veterans with services available. Initially, they were for geared towards homeless veterans, but they have kind of become more like a grassroots, community-based opportunity for veterans to learn about benefits, not just from the VA, but what's available to them in their communities as well. Adams says all kinds of community groups, many started by veterans, will be on hand to provide information. They'll also have lunch and an opportunity to pick up some surplus military gear. The Veterans Stand Down starts at 9 a.m. and runs through 1 o'clock this afternoon. Lunch will be served at 11. Veterans who attend should bring along their proof of service. An event to raise funds for the Avenue Family Network's Coral Lamping Center for survivors of domestic and sexual violence will be held at the Four Winds Casino next month. The Avenue's Loretta Hillcock tells us the second annual author event will be held October 4th with author Phyllis Michael Wong. She'll discuss stories of women who worked in factories and kept their towns going during the Great Depression. Hillcock says last year's author event was a hit. This is our second event, and we're very excited about having another one this year. Hope to be able to continue to make this something that we do every year. The presentation, called We Kept Our Towns Going, the Gossard Girls of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, will run from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the casino. Tickets are $75. All proceeds go to the Corout Lamping Center. Hillcock tells us the... Coral Lamping Center is the only shelter for domestic violence survivors in the Benton Harbor area. It has 23 beds and gives women a place to stay while getting back on their feet following a bad experience. The goal of the event is to raise $25,000 for the center. We have a link for more information on our website, wsjm.com. People in the market for a vacation home are taking part in a unique new trend. Jeff Glover of Keller Williams says retirees are selling their homes in places like Metro Detroit making a permanent residence up north, and then buying a vacation home down south. Glover says the trend began during the pandemic. Since COVID, so many people have been looking to kind of get out of the city and either have a vacation spot or even a rural spot. And a lot of folks that might have gotten a place down in Florida over the last several years are saying, hey, you know, we also would love to have a place in northern Michigan. Glover says the real estate market up north never slowed during the pandemic. That's as many people got an itch to find a getaway spot. What are some of the things that you find bothersome at work? Robert Half Staffing surveyed more than 1,000 workers, and they found that colleagues are too chatty and loud, and they don't adhere to meeting etiquette. Robert Half Recruiting Manager Shannon Edlinger says people also complain about others not understanding the meaning of business casual. Well, 68% of hybrid and in-office workers agree expectations of business attire 
have become much more casual in this post-COVID era. One in five don't even have a clear understanding of what business casual means. Edlinger says if you don't know what business casual means, check out your office manual or look around you. She says some companies are now offering training on office etiquette. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.